Hi, Joe. Hi, Jacob. Together we are... Jacob. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, welcome back, everyone. Um, Jacob, it's a pleasure to be here with you today. Yeah, it is. <laughs> this is our second episode. Yeah. Lots changed since the first one. Okay, maybe a little bit's changed. All right, we've got a new logo. We do have a new logo. We've got an L logo now. Your uh, wife, Danka, made it. Yes. Um, My lovely wife, Danka. Thank you very much, Danka. Yeah. She is lovely. Um, if you guys haven't seen the logo, actually, you would have seen the logo by now if you clicked on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should. Are we on anything else? Other we than are on Spotify. Spotify. We are on Anchor. Okay. And I submitted us to iTunes, so we should be there soon. Excellent. And I think we're on Google Podcasts. Oh, are we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. It's exciting. Um, also, uh, probably a shout out. We got our first bit of feedback. Yeah. Um, so it was. It was. Uh, we were posted. In uh, Danka posted us in a company that she's working with in yeah. their Slack channel, and a guy named Damien uh, called it out, and he said, uh, "I'm only a few minutes in, but the podcast is great. They are great together." Aww. <laughs> but also, there was some feedback on uh, Oakland Agile Coaching Slack okay channel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think a couple of people said that they really enjoyed it. Oh, that's really nice of them. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that feedback. Any and all feedback is oh, very welcome. Oh, and Jerome, a friend of mine, said that you have great voice for podcasting. Do I? But I think he, what he meant was that I didn't have a great voice for <laughs> podcasting. <laughs> Just you know how to do this to me. Is, is that like a burn from a yeah, friend? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> a burn as only a friend can do. Mm. Oh, he sounds wonderful. And thank you very much, Jerome. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. So... Uh, Last time we had sort of called out, we might talk a little bit about pet peeves. So maybe we'll just start there and we'll see where it goes Yeah. from there. So uh, I, I actually looked up, uh, so pet peeves, I'm like, what is actually a pet peeve? I looked up what a definition of a peeve is to try to understand what a pet peeve is. I know what a pet is. What's a pet? A pet is like a household animal. Oh, yeah. Kind of, like a dog or a cat. Yes. Or a bird or a monkey, like cross from friends. Oh yeah, you could have. He, yeah, he used a monkey. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and that's an appropriate uh, animal for this podcast. Um, a peeve is either a verb or a noun. It's a verb if it's uh, it makes someone rather annoyed or irritated. Yeah. It's a noun if it is a cause of annoyance. So I think we're on the noun. So a pet peeve is a pet cause of annoyance. Yeah. So if you have a pet, and something in this pet is annoying you, you love this pet so much. But there's this one thing that's like you keep it close to you. you crazy. Yeah, you yeah. keep the thing that's driving you crazy close to you. Yeah, and and you almost and you feed it. Yeah, and you you know even though it's it you know eats your shoes, mm-hmm. pees on the couch. Yeah, <laughs> but you still pet it and you're like wanted around mm. for some reason. But then when something happens to your pet, then you miss it. You miss this annoyance, right? Yes, that's what's making this pet so special and so, so unique. So a pet peeve probably says more about you than the thing that's annoying you. Yeah, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, I think as a coach, that's actually kind of a, uh, an important thing to be aware of is mm-hmm. your pet peeves, just as much as like your biases. Yeah. Because you have to be aware of them so they don't take over yeah, your yeah, house. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, you still yeah, want yeah, them yeah, around. Yeah. They serve some purpose, but you don't want to be defined by yeah. them. And often you can't do much about them. So they yeah. are there. Yeah. And you can try changing them, but maybe in the current situation, you just can't. Oh, that's so insightful. Yeah, yeah actually, that, if you look at all of the pet peeves I have, 
they are all things I can't control in the world. Right. Um, that that li literally will have very little impact on making it a difference yeah, yeah, one way or the other. Okay. Okay. So let's give let's, us one. Uh, so um, this this is this is a delightful pet peeve. So this is a pet Ooh. peeve that um, how do I describe the experience? Every time I hear it, I feel excited. Oh, like like I want to say something to yeah. to correct it, to, to, to make it better. Like like it's like it's like it's kind of like um, you know you listen to like a podcast and you get some interesting piece of information. You go to a party and someone says something about the thing you just learned about. You're like, ooh, I have something to say. Mm -hmm. You can just sort of walk in. So it kind of excites me a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's when people say agile means no planning. Oh, yeah. We don't have to plan. It's agile. We're being agile. Yeah. Do you ever run into that? All all the time. Yeah. All the time. Do you know what, do you know what my response is? Well, my response is... Well, yeah, what is your response? When you well, that Agile Manifesto talks about planning. It does not. Well, it, it does. It just says that some things are more important than planning, but planning is there. It's true. And that, that I think, is... Because um, I remember when I first read the Adapting to Change over mm -hmm. Following a Plan, um, I interpreted that as we didn't need to plan as yeah, well yeah, until yeah. I thought, you know... A while later, I sort of thought more about it, but uh, but yeah, it's like you can't adapt from something unless you have the something in the mm -hmm. first place. So yeah. you need the plan yeah. Yeah, yeah. in the first place. And and you know, over the years of doing this, planning is actually one of the first skills any team really mm -hmm. need. They need mm -hmm. to be able to plan. Yeah, really yeah. Well. Because I think from the planning activity, you can learn so much about the actual work mm -hmm. and how do we work together. Yeah. And what are we actually trying to achieve? And then when you get going, you can start realizing that maybe we didn't know everything. Maybe we had our assumptions that are not true anymore. Mm. And then you, then you respond to the changes. That's so true. Um, quite often I use planning as a tool for guided learning. Mm -hmm. So that the plan, nice. it's, the dis yeah. it's the difference between what we thought would happen versus what we did happen. Yeah. That distance in between is where learning can happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, So for yeah. me, I, I rely on, as a coach, I rely on planning so yeah. much that when people say, we don't need to plan, it hurts a little That's bit. That's true, yeah. But um, This reminded me how uh, sometimes I use, um, in retrospective, I would bring the plan that we did in our iteration planning bring it to retrospective and then we would inspect the plan that's such a for good example idea. we would look at some of the stories that we didn't finish and we ask why we didn't finish them what's behind it and now knowing what we know after two weeks how could we have planned it differently so I learn from that maybe we maybe we should maybe we should have broken it down into smaller pieces maybe we should have discussed something maybe we should, maybe we should have discoped some of the parts that's really nice I, I feel um, I guess, you know, the retro is a nice big open space uh, to explore yeah. any way that human beings in a group or in a team can be more effective. But so often, um, I find that we lose the delivery focus mm -hmm. and it's nice to pull in something like the plan to actually just yeah. inspect it and yeah. say, Hey, it's a bit meta. It's not, it's not the thing, but it's the thing we thought would get us to the thing. Yes. How did it serve us? Yeah. And how can it serve us now? I like that. Yeah. Or even sometimes when teams struggle to break down stories into manage manageable tasks, then if you look at the work that has been done, it's much easier for teams to look, okay, now we did this thing. What would be the one days or, or half a day tasks that we could actually 
what that we could have broken down into. Mm. And then we're learning from that, when you're going to the next planning, we already know, hey, for the previous task, we could have done it this way. So for the next tasks, now we, we did this practice. So it's going to be easier for the future stories as well. Yeah, true. True story. Yeah. So you, is that, would you say that's one of your pet peeves as well? Um, you more in a way. About it? In a way. You're like, oh, maybe it's a goldfish. No, I just, I just, um, I think there's a quote from someone. Uh, just that planning is, is crucial, but plans themselves are useless. Mm. Uh, so you just need planning to have this activity of discussing how you would approach something, what our assumptions are, and how to work together. But then you hold the plan very loosely, so you don't. You you are okay if you need to change it, and you actually want it. If you don't change it, then it's. I would say that I always get a bit scared. Yeah, exactly. When everything goes yeah, to yeah, plan, yeah, I'm yeah, like, what yeah, went yeah, wrong? Yeah, <laughs> Even yeah. though everything went right, what went wrong? I'm so used to changing plans yeah, yeah. that having a plan that stays static yeah, just yeah. seems a bit um, unnatural. Yeah. <laughs> I remember one of the you know one of the companies, a manager was praising one of the teams that had four sprints in a row that they achieved everything they wanted. Mm. And when I heard that he was praising them for that, I was like, oh, there's something wrong with that team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's like, how is that even possible? Yes, exactly. <laughs> what did they have to do? Show up to work? Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's true. It's, um, yeah, for achieving everything possible. Um, yeah, I actually saw a team the other day where one of their sprint goals was do all the work. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, which uh, I wouldn't call it a pet peeve, but that's definitely a, a, yeah. a signal for me to have a conversation with yes. someone. Of which it wasn't my team, so I, I just pointed it mm -hmm. out. To mm -hmm. the, and they already had a plan, the other coach cool. already had a plan. But, um, do, do you have any pet peeves that you want to call out? Yeah, uh, I love, or I, yeah, I love when people call Scrum something that's not Scrum. Ah, uh, so, yeah. like, looking at your neighbor's dog and calling him Scrum? Yeah, Just for like example. That, that really annoys you. Yeah, So don't, like, does. point at objects and go, Scrum! Yeah, okay. but everything in, in Agile is almost Scrum. Like, everyone thinks that <laughs> Scrum is Agile, is Scrum. Agile came from Scrum, or Scrum came from Agile, which, which, was, which was first? I guess Scrum... <laughs> Scrum was first, yeah. Yeah, in 1995 or something. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, dinosaurs yeah, used yeah, to fly yeah, around yeah, the earth. Yeah. And, um. Well, I look at this from the perspective of we have Scrum Guide, which describes it pretty well. Mm -hmm. And it says at the end, if it, you don't follow this, if you don't follow the Scrum Guide, don't call it Scrum. So it explicitly says yeah. that in the Scrum yeah, Guide. Yeah, and, and, and Scrum Guide doesn't tell you that you shouldn't change it, you shouldn't adopt it, but just don't call it Scrum anymore. Now, so this is one of those things that I used to be, this used to be a very dear pet mm -hmm. of mine, pet peeve of mine. Um, just, but because I ran into it so often, I think it's been desensitized and I've recently given up that pet to the SPCA. <laughs> uh, um, and, and one of, the, one of the, the bits of feedback I always ran into when I would say yeah. something like, hey, don't call it Scrum if it's not Scrum, would be you're a purist. Uh, and it's a semantic argument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I, I never really felt it was, but I couldn't really articulate why it was. Or even if it is, is, is that how you think about it? Like, it's purely semantic and it's just why you hold on to it. It's like, it's just like, a, it says in the contract of Scrum, if you, if 
you're not doing Scrum, don't call it Scrum? Or is there something more to it? Well, there are expectations that are set. If, if you tell me that you're doing Scrum in your teams, I expect certain things to happen. I expect you to have a Scrum Master, Product Owner, Definition of Done, you have the time box events, and you have the yeah, artifacts. I mean, I right? get all that, but now you're sounding like a purist. Can you do, <laughs> do, you, have, do you have like another example of like something outside of the, yeah. the realm of Scrum where like this paradigm of calling something something that it's not exactly is meaningful or, or could actually disrupt things or yeah. make a Okay. Let's look at um, sport games and how sport games have the rules. Sport games like? Like soccer and rugby. Okay. All right. Uh, and imagine you play soccer and you use rugby ball to play it. It changes. <laughs> that would be such an awful Yeah, game. it changes the whole game, right? So wait, you so, can't expect the same results. All right, so let, let me let me put let me let me put myself into 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 the situation. I'm I'm showing up for a soccer game. Yeah. And uh, for whatever reason, everything is the same about soccer, but they've changed the ball to a rugby mm -hmm. ball. And, and for those of you who don't know what a rugby ball is, uh, it's it looks a lot like uh, American football, like a like yeah. gridiron. So it's it's kind of like an egg shape. It doesn't roll very well, not like a, a perfect yeah. sphere. And you know, soccer or, or football, if you're yeah. European, European. Um, is is almost totally a foot game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, if it was oblong, it's good. I I would look that I would look down at the te at the teams and say they just and I would think that they didn't know how to play the game. Yeah, exactly. And you wouldn't expect to the people to follow would, the same rules because if I was kicking the ball, I'd want to pick it up because it's impossible yeah. to kick. You'd be like just the shape of the ball. I would exactly. want to pick it up and change, and I would get penalized for that. Yeah. But it's almost like the rules would be working against me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. And I wouldn't know why. I'd yeah. be getting penalized for doing something that I should be doing mm -hmm. instinctually yeah. because of the structure thing. Ah, uh, wait, so, wait. I think I get what you're saying. Yeah. So imagine now in Scrum teams, or supposedly Scrum teams, mm. and you have product owners that cannot make decisions that need to go to all these people, and they making the decision, not the product owner. Yeah, it, it's gonna affect how the team works and how the team can actually deliver. You know, and I see this all the time. You know, you you have um, people who've experienced and putting in quotes now Scrum, different organizations yeah. coming together into a new team, and they say we're doing Scrum, yes. and they have all these different expectations as to what the roles are be or should be doing because they've all had different versions of product owners. Uh, maybe they had a, a tech lead in their squad yeah. at one point, and not in another, and. There's like a whole imbalancement of expectations of how we should be playing the game. Yes. Um, even just on like what a backlog should be used for. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you might not even get an end-to-end -end team, which you really need. At least close to end-to-end -end in Scrum. Yeah. You, you may be doing Scrum, and I'm doing quotes again. Um, but you don't have end-to-end, -end, so are you doing Scrum? But all the expectations of, uh, I'm starting to see why this is a pet peeve now. Yeah. I think I'm going to go back and adopt that one. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully no one else has taken it. That is, the, um, but how do you communicate that? Like uh, for people who haven't experienced it yet, um, how do you, how are you self-aware of this yeah. pet peeve? And then how do you? For me, it's, it's about having conversation or at least reflections on what do we, what are we giving up if we don't follow Scrum Guide? because there are things that are going to affect the teams and the delivery. So at least we should make, make acknowledgements of things that it's not going to work the way how, it, how they would in a true Scrum team. And maybe that's okay. Maybe that's what we, what we want and what we need, or maybe that's what we can have right now. But there's going to be some compromises, yeah. and things aren't going to work as we expect.
So let's just make it transparent. Let's not, you know, otherwise the team's gonna be so frustrated and all the stakeholders gonna be frustrated because they have different expectations now. And I think that's, that's one of the cornerstones of hopefully as coaches of what we try to accomplish is as much transparency as, as possible yes. or, or as useful maybe is a better yes. word. Um, so let's be transparent about what we're doing and why. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's be transparent about the work that we're doing and where it is in its life cycle. Yeah. Um, and let's be transparent about why we're measuring the things we're measuring. So that kind of just by calling anything scrum takes away from all that because so. your assumptions get in the way of yeah. the explicitness that you need from it. Yeah, okay. All and, right. And why do you need to call it scrum? Like call it something different. Call it your name, whatever it That's is. That's a good question. Why do they need to call yeah. it scrum? I think, there's, I think there, is, there is something there that's beyond the pet peeve conversation mm. as to why people want to call it Scrum. Yeah. And I'm not sure I fully understand it. No. Mm. But they do want to call it Scrum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, All right. We're going to go through the next one. Next one. So I've got um, three that we could pick from, and I'll let you pick. One is um in a team when they're using done to mean team done and not work done yeah um or when done means anything (laughs) Mm -hmm. instead of something specific um the use of internal customers as a as a concept nice and then um burn down charts for task level yeah which one which one do you think is the most interesting one out of all of these i think recently we've been talking a lot about done Mm. let's talk about done done what is done? What is done? Yeah. So if we go back to Scrum, uh, done is supposed to represent, be represented by potentially shippable. Yes. So uh, technically perfect. It may not be visually as polished as it could be. It may not be something you're deciding to release now because you want to couple it with some other yeah. functionality. You may be delaying it because you want to bundle it and not just constantly be delivering changes to the customer. So you want to have like maybe a scheduled releases that makes it a better customer experience. It could be lots of reasons. Mm-hmm. But it represents value that you have that you could deliver yeah. now. If you make a decision not to. that right now we want to release it, yeah. just go. Uh, we can have it now. Yeah, exactly. Whatever value that represents. Press the button. Product, the service, the yeah. capability, whatever it is, it's, we can have it now. Mm-hmm. It, it's some, some aspect of value we could get from it. Um, to me, when I hear done, I think potentially releasable, which, yeah. is, which is what that is. Um, I am constantly running in to done means sprint done mm-hmm. or iteration done. Yeah. Um, and to an extent, that's fine too. I think that that's like throughput mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Yeah. Throughput of what? That's another question. But um, the reason that I have a lot of trouble with associating sprint done which is, which when I'm saying sprint done, I mean, you may not even have a cross-functional team, uh, which is some of the teams I'm working with now. They're primarily, uh, they create some of the requirements, they do some of the research on the requirements, they break them down to a level, and then they find experts within the business mm-hmm. to deliver them, and then they oversee the management of that work through other backlogs. They're in a, in a cycle, yeah. they're doing a management cycle, which is, which is better than not doing one. Um, but done, the value to the organization is, is like three backlogs down the line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're accountable for the delivery of that in the end. They're accountable for the benefit, maybe not yeah. the, um, every step of the way, but they're accountable for the benefit. So they need to track it. Mm-hmm. So when they say they're done and we're telling stakeholders, oh, this piece of work is done, um, it, makes me, it irks me a bit because uh, one, 
the primary measurement of progress is, yeah. is uh, working solutions. Soft, yeah. Software, yeah. but you can yeah, say yeah, solutions. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and as a coach, I use that to help teams learn how they can change mm-hmm. their practices. But when done means something a bit more meta, as in like, we're done, yeah. what we're learning is not our place in the bigger system. We're sort of learning our place in our own ecosystem, yeah. which there is some value to, but I always feel really limited by that. So I always struggle with using done that close. And it's going back to local optimization. Yeah. Because we are going to optimize how our team works. How do we get our done done? Mm. But how it influences the whole delivery, the whole value stream. <laughs> the last place I worked, one team had done, 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 and done, done, done. Oh. Which, um, you know, after a while, you're just yeah, sort of yeah, singing yeah. a song. Dun, 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 But um, at least they were calling out that there were, yeah. there were differences. It, and I we actually even would have been great with it if that had been more universal and not mm-hmm. just on a mm-hmm. team. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't do very much for the stakeholders when you say it's done, done, mm-hmm. done, or done, done, done. Yeah. Uh, unless that's kind of at least within your tribe scape or whatever mm-hmm. sort of group that you work within that's sort of agreed upon. Yeah. Because at least then there's some consistency, some transparency about what you're talking about. But um but I did admire that they were at least explicit. Yeah. That there were different steps, even if it, they it didn't necessarily like, make sense. It looked like they had, they used they had conversation about this at least. Yeah. They acknowledged that. Yeah. <laughs> I love when someone says, uh well it's done and then one of the stakeholders asks, what does it mean? And then like, oh, and they're like, oh, well, it's done. Well, can I use it? Well, no, it still needs to go through all of the other stages or all the other teams, but we are done. Yeah. I, I would rather a team say, um, it's, we're handing it over. All right. Yeah. If they're going to hand it yeah, over. Yeah, you know, yeah. if, if you're lined up one team to the next, yeah. just be honest about what the next step is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it when stakeholders challenge clarity. Um, they need mm-hmm. to, yeah. and they should. Um, but also as coaches, we should be prepping them as much as possible to, to be able to answer that. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and if they don't believe us, then it should be reinforced by the yeah, business yeah. as well. In one of the teams, we actually had a definition done for different kind of work. Yeah. So we had definition done on a task level and a definition done on a user story level. And yeah. for a bug, we would have a different definition done because there were a couple of different things we would need to do. And they would use it uh, accordingly. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've had that too, feature level. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is actually is like um, potentially releasable feature. So what's our definition of ready for releasing yes, a feature? Yeah. And that, you see that a lot on um, uh, delivery trains and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. The, um, yeah, and, and you have project level definition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, any amount of clarity that you can have on to having something that's valuable yeah. is quite good. Yeah. Um, and but it, how often do you even hear people calling out the definition of done? Because it's pretty scary. We have this thing, and almost no one uses this later in the team. And it always ends up biting you in the butt. Hmm? Because the definition of done is the one thing that helps you get the very basic metric yes. that you need as a baseline to see if you're improving as a business and as a squad. Mm-hmm. Um, without the ability to do lead time or cycle time to measure that, it becomes really hard to know what parts of the business you need to change yeah. and, and or be able to even see that the change has been valuable. Mm. True. 
So yeah, so I'm I'm a big advocate of using done right or or actually getting rid of done and just yeah. actually calling it potentially releasable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or you know, or something more descriptive. And um, it's so funny because in in manufacturing, done is pretty well, it's ten, it's tangible, yeah. right? It's delivered to the customer, then it's done. Or when you we, can say, or when we get money on our bank account, then it's done. When they paid us. Well, actually, in manufacturing, wouldn't done be before we've given it to a customer? We have it on the shelf. Possibly. Well, it depends on what they define yeah, it as, yeah, really. Yeah, but yeah, but it's yeah. certainly at the end there. Yeah. It's closer to that value yeah. realization. Um, but but in knowledge work, yeah. because of all the knowledge is so hidden, and right now it's either in our brains or on our hard drives, yeah. or somewhere in the clouds, you just can't see it. So it's so hard to say when it's done. I, you know, and... It kind of it kind of sort of floats around this point floats around the difference between like leading and lagging indicators. Mm -hmm. So often we think of the leading indicators as being the things that we should measure and we forget about the lagging. So an example in so intangible is an example in like a transformation or somebody who wants to uh, an organization that wants to change mindset and behavior, mm -hmm. whatever, whether it's agile or not, is they'll they'll focus a lot on training. And not on, and it's not actually training as I would define it. It's more education. Yeah. And what they'll do is they'll measure how many people have gone to this course. Yes. Without the context, the overarching context of why we wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. And without the lagging indicators we expect from having been on this course. Yeah. And so, um, and, and so it's really easy to achieve the leading indicator. Yeah. But the leading indicator isn't the measurement of success. It's no. the measurement of effort towards success, it's the lagging indicators yes. of when they are educated with this piece of knowledge, we expect them to demonstrate this capability that they are not able to demonstrate yes. now. You know, and how, do, how would you measure that, whatever it is? And it's almost never the lagging indicators mm -hmm. when it comes around education, um, which is a shame. But the, the, the done bit mm -hmm. is a lagging indicator. Yes. And, um, and, and even more lagging on that is the benefit that you expect to get from them mm -hmm. when it hits the market. Mm -hmm. but, the, um, but I think so many companies are used to the leading indicators because they're the easiest to prove. It's like, yeah. hey, we did some effort. Yeah. What's on yeah. the end? So it's, like, it's, it's almost maybe done as counterintuitive mm -hmm. to a lot of ways they've been thinking about change and, and what they should do. So my brain is like monkey now and just jumping from, to a different topic yeah. about outcomes and how we should focus on outcomes almost all the time, right? Why are we doing this thing? What's an outcome? The thing that we are trying to achieve, I think. Okay. Isn't it? Yep, so uh, if we had a product, yeah. and we made the product, yeah. we got it to done, mm -hmm. done, done, yeah. not done, 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 but done, done, <laughs> to potentially releasable, mm -hmm. that that's is... That's not an outcome yet. That's an output? Yes. And then when we release it to the market, and they use that thing that we yes. did, that interaction with it is in... And someone achieves something. Something achieves something with it. Yeah. That's an outcome. I think so. Okay. And I was really inspired by the work of um, Mike Burrows from, from the UK mm -hmm. uh, and his work around agenda shift and how you can use outcome-based transformation. Okay. And that's really good because it, it helps the transformation team or the organization to figure out why are they doing this thing? So because let's say you are 
you want to do a transformation in your organization job, right? Yeah. And you say, I want to go agile, right? Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Then I can ask you, what kind of agile? Ooh, what kind and, of agile? Yeah. Blue. Yeah. Uh, I'll pick the blue agile. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. And when you are, when you achieve blue agile, yeah. then, then what happens? Um, well, uh, there will be more blueberries present right. in the okay. workspace. Yeah. And uh, we won't have to plan for any of these blueberries to appear. Right. They will just appear. And when you have more blueberries, yeah. then what happens? Um, well, people will eat them. Uh, and, and when they eat them, um, they will be more productive. Okay. And when, you, when people eat the blueberries yeah. and they are more productive, yeah. then what happens? Um, well, if they're more productive, um, we'll be able to get more work done. Okay. And when they get more work done, then what happens? Then um, when they get more work done, uh, we'll be able to d deliver um, more products to our customers, which they seem to want a lot of. And so we'll make our customers happy, our revenues will increase, and uh, yeah. Yeah, all right. So through a set of simple, clean language questions, we could get to, to some outcomes. And I could keep asking these questions yeah, and the whole day, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and actually, you can see how from kind of um, smaller outcomes or outputs like blueberries and mm -hmm. then more productive, we actually get to where you want to be, where you, where you are doing these things. By the way, if anyone can get the blueberry agile thing, to work, <laughs> um, I totally want rights. <laughs> I want to do it. I love blueberries. Um, but and, no, no, I see what you're saying. Is is it, it's, it's why are we the, doing this thing? It's it's almost encouraging them to think of the lagging yeah. indicators. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and um, so my brain monkey went to uh, last week. It went to changing my LinkedIn description from being agile coach to being outcome coach. I think that would be something I would like to be able to do like don't that. don't coach people towards agility coach them towards the outcomes they want to achieve like and, and agility could be one of the things that help them get there yeah but it doesn't have to be yeah i it, um i'm with you on that the agility for the sake of agility always yeah. um that's probably the last pet peeve i'll talk about today is um it's a bit too meta i i'm big in favor yeah. of meta it's the nature of my job but that's a bit too meta it's uh for the sake of for the sake of um <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the the outcome mindset is good. I I normally go to delivery coach, mm -hmm. but now you got me thinking of outcome coach. Yeah, yeah it's a really interesting. I'll be playing around with that in my in my dreams for a while now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about this for a while, and then I was like, what? What's what's? It? I think if I if I start looking through this lenses, then I can I can focus myself in different ways, and I can ask different questions. Um which are more around why are we trying, what are we trying to achieve here? Hmm. Why is it important? And what's going to happen if we don't do this? I like it. Yeah. Well, we're, we're nearing the end of our time. Um, to wrap it up, uh, I really liked getting feedback from Damien. That was, that was really nice. Yeah. I'd like to get feedback from more people if anyone else is listening. How, how can people give us feedback? I don't know. We're not on Twitter. No, we're not on Twitter. We're, we are on Anchor and all the other podcasting platforms. Mm. And I don't know, I think on Anchor, if you are on Anchor, you can record feedbacks for us, I think. Oh, that'd be fun. You can play those back. Yeah. <laughs> um, but other than that, it's, it's going to be hard. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, well, maybe that's a problem we'll address next time. Exactly, maybe we'll, we'll find, a, find a way to get, yeah. uh, to get feedback more directly. Yeah. Um, any ideas for topics that we might talk about next time? Um, 
We've been talking a lot about agile and practices, not really too much about monkeys. Yeah. Yeah, 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 monkeys yeah, yeah, being yeah, the, yeah. the metaphor for random topics yeah. outside of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe, um, maybe we can talk about the weddings and how do you plan weddings in an agile way. Oh, I can tell you how I'm planning my wedding. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, is it agile? It's very MVP. So oh, yeah. <laughs> very, um, uh, minimum viable proposal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> proposition. proposition. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Um, yeah, okay, so maybe we can talk about how we apply sort of the same thinking in yeah. everyday life. Yeah, one of the thinking I, I've been having, I, I've been, for the last couple of years, when I, um, when I started doing triathlons, I realized how, how much I suck with uh, freestyle swimming. Mm. And I've been trying to teach, oh, sorry, learn myself how to swim better. And there are so many um, relations between learning to swim and agility. And coaching, maybe even more. Ooh, I definitely want to hear explore that. that. We could explore that. Oh, I think, I think we should. Yeah. All right. Next time, learn right. how to swim with agile. Yeah. How to swim <laughs> towards weddings. Swim towards weddings. Yeah. yeah. Oh, now that's <laughs> maybe there needs to be a pool at the reception. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Jakob. It was Jacob. It was Jacob. And their monkeys. <laughs>